It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. fans good morning good afternoon good evening wherever and whenever you may be listening and thank you for joining the lockdown avalanche podcast part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day i am your host chris maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your colorado avalanche and today we have part three of our eric lindros quebec nordique slash colorado avalanche trade tree discussion uh we have been doing this this has been our episodes for this week uh part one was tuesday part two was yesterday so if you are just catching up to it now definitely go back and listen to those first two episodes because i go through the entire trade in those two episodes this episode is going to be uh revisiting that and kind of just talking about everything that's happened Uh, over the course of that trade with my good friend Kyle Sullivan, who is going to be joining us here momentarily. Uh, And Kyle has some other knowledge of the deal that was not discussed in the video. So definitely go back, listen to those other two episodes. Go watch the Sportsnet video, the Trade Tree video that they did that breaks all of this insanity down. And uh, come back here. And then listen to Kyle and I just kind of go off on tangents about this whole deal because it's it's a franchise-defining deal. And even we get into looking forward of could this be happening right now with what the Avalanche did with the Matt Duchesne deal? Are we living in another trade tree Eric Lindros-style deal that in 10, 15 years from now, will this be another video that we're watching because of the the moves that Joe Sackick made? So uh, really good discussion, like always, that I have with Kyle. So uh, that's coming up momentarily. But first, before we get to that very quickly, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor. And once again, it is Rock Auto over at rockauto.com. If you're working on your car, any part you can imagine up in your head, they have it. At Rock Auto, amazing selection, incredibly low prices, rockauto.com. All right, let's get to Kyle and kind of put a bow on uh, these these last three episodes of breaking down this awesome deal. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy-feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. 
Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. All right. So welcome back to the show. And joining me once again is Mr. Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, this marks the what? I've lost count. Fourth, five, fifth time, four or five? five. Yeah, I, I think it's just infinite the amount of times that you're going to come on the show. So we don't really have to keep track. It's just kind of uh, fun to know that you want to keep coming back on the on the show. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's an honor every time. Absolutely. Awesome. So <clears throat> we will get into the the trade between Lindros and the Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche, which is what we've been covering all week. But because of that, we have not really talked about the return of hockey. And during all of this, we've got dates. <clears throat> and those dates are, what are they? August 1st is return to play, I believe. Yeah, July August. 24th? No. Something like that. 23rd, 24th yeah. is the kind of quick what do they call it a training camp i guess they're calling it yeah i'm still in the boat of i want to see a puck dropped uh we talk a lot you are in the complete opposite end of that you are like hockey's coming back i couldn't be more happier do you still feel that way do you still feel like even with the way the state of the world is you are in alabama yes that is becoming i don't want to say a hot spot Would, would you say that or no yeah, we have a beach, so it's a hot spot. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, even with those things happening around the world and this thing kind of ticking back up, uh, how do you feel? Do you still feel like we are getting hockey August first? Yes, because you got to view it in this way: the return to play is more of the NHL continuing to isolate itself in gradual stages. It's we see it as phase one, two, three of a return, but it's also the NHL's way of isolating and quarantining, quote unquote, in different stages. This training camp is a soft quarantine for the team. Um, it opens it up, the team, full team together, coaching staff in a soft quarantine mm-hmm. um, before they send them to the hub city. and. NHL is keeping an eye on it. It's why they're not rolling out the red carpet for a long training camp. It's going to be a short, concise, everybody get together. Let's get, and then ship them off to the, to the hub cities, Toronto or Edmonton. I think mm-hmm. it's more of the, and, it, and the further along the playoffs go, that's less teams to quarantine, less players to worry about. And I think the NHL is just trying to whittle it down um, all the way through. Yeah, and letting it play out that way. So that's how I'm viewing this. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just uh, I understand that the NHL needs to um, have these dates set just in in case, like everything does go according to plan. They can't uh, not have dates and then just say, okay, everything is good. So you know, we're going to start this up next week. That's just not how the business can work. So yeah, they have to have set dates now. Now it's just a matter of. Can we adhere to those dates and can everybody do what they're going to do? I, like I said, I still have doubts, but they, 
the language that they're using is uh, we're playing. <laughs> yep. They're, they've already said they're going to treat a positive COVID test as an injury. You're separated two weeks by yourself. They're testing nightly. So hmm. their viewpoint, this is their way of controlling a little bit more, putting the team together. You don't have yeah. to worry about Z training over in Florida, or you don't have to worry about everybody right. training in different places. You're making the circle smaller with each yeah. phase. Now, <clears throat> the one thing I am looking forward to is uh, the the way the schedule is. It is hockey from like morning to night. It it oh, it's gonna it's gonna feel it like I mean it's <laughs> gonna feel like that first round of the the NCAA tournament where it's just basketball from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. It that's that's gonna be an awesome awesome thing to watch. Just nonstop hockey all day long. I don't remember anything like that. I haven't seen one complaint. I mean, this is what a lot of casual fans tune in for. Yeah. And with the absence of sports as it is, you put nonstop playoff hockey on television, you're getting eyeballs. Smart move. It really is. So we will see. We we are less than a month away um, if we do get hockey when we are supposed to get it. So anything can happen between then and now, but let's see. Let's wait and see. One thing that we know happened, because it happened almost 20 years ago now, and it's the thing that we've been talking about all week, is this Eric Lindros trade tree that Sportsnet released. Um, We talked about it the last two days, got through the entire trade, got through the whole video. So I figured I'd have you on because you and I were talking about this. You you brought it up to me. Um, And yeah, man, like when when I watched the video in that opening scene where he just like kind of pans out and it just keeps going. And um, it's a great video. It's a great video uh, on, on just kind of reliving it. And there are things in here that I did not know traced back to Eric Lindros that far. What were the things that stood out to you that you went, Oh my God, I didn't know that guy. You could trace it down to that guy. Was there any, like one that jumped out more than the others um just the fact of well we have our two cups and in this trade many valuable pieces to acquire the cup in 95 96 and the 2001 cup they're there you got dead marsh you got rob blake you got ray bork you got claude lemieux i mean we wouldn't have the rivalry with detroit without claude lemieux right right. and It all came from this, from Eric Lindros not wanting to play with Quebec management. That one little move set the the genesis of the Avalanche organization. And I did, I, I skipped over parts of the the video uh, where the guy Steve Dangle, who did the the, the video went on and on and on and on about Eric Lindros and his love of Eric Lindros. It kind of got into like this bromance thing. <clears throat> and I, I skipped over it just because, you know, that's, we, we know about Eric Lindros, you know, that that's, that's the golden egg of the deal. Um, but he does like, there are some good parts of him in, in the video. And like you said, like they show a clip of him in an interview that he did. I don't know when that interview was done. It, it seems a little while ago. I don't think it was like within the past couple of years. It doesn't seem like, 
yeah, um, it, it was dated maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. But he said in that, he said, you know, I, I, I didn't really make myself clear at the time. And it was it was ownership. Um, and that's why he didn't want to play for Quebec. And he said, you know, if if that owner was in charge of I think he used uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as an example. He's like, if he was in charge of Toronto, I wouldn't have wanted to play for Toronto. It was nothing against Quebec, nothing against the city, nothing really against the, the players or, or the team. It was the ownership. So, and he said he never made that clear back in the day. Does that make it, you know, does that make the fans today any less bitter? I would say for me, because of the haul that the Avalanche took in, I don't have any hard feelings. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, uh, I, I get where he's coming from. Sometimes players do that. Sometimes players just don't want to play for a certain uh, team or city or owner. And that was the case with him. Yep, I mean you could you could. Uh, this is a long shot, but the Rangers have a possibility of getting that number one pick. You know, you, you said this James right Dolan. Do you right. think Lafreniere would want to play under James Dolan? Oof. Then now oh, you, I mean now now I don't know. I don't, I mean is he? I'm I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm taking the Lindros. Right of thinking, applying it to current day. Okay. I don't. You don't see it so much in today. Like, when is the last time a marquee player said they weren't going to play for, or a potential marquee player? I don't want to anoint him. You know, this Hall of Famer. Eli Manning. That's what I'm thinking. That's the only one I can think of right off the bat. That 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 one comes right to the forefront. Since then. Has it really happened with a number one pick? I don't think so. So I wonder if those days are gone. I wonder if you know guys are just happy to be drafted. They don't really care where they go. Will it happen again? Yeah, probably at some point. Um, but I don't think it's happened since since Manning in, in any of the major sports that I can think of. Um, but you had said you know the Rangers were involved and and. I remember, and I and I completely forgot this until you said the Rangers were involved in this somehow. I remember watching SportsCenter, and they had uh, floating uh, logos of the Rangers and the Flyers, and where is he going to go? And I completely forgot the Rangers were involved in that. You you can remember like what. How, to what extent were they involved? How close were they to getting them? And has it been revealed what they would have given up at all? I yes. Um, at the time, um, how it went down, management with Quebec knew that Lindros wasn't coming, so uh, Philly they uh, were going to work this. They were going to work the deal out and. Quebec told Philly, call Lindros, mm-hmm. see if he will play in Philly. If he will, the trade is yours. So Philly calls him. He said, oh, yeah, I'll play in Philly. They hang up the phone. 80 minutes later, start to get cold feet. And they're like, they call the Rangers. Hey, what can you do for me? And that Rangers deal... um. Before we got on, I wrote, it's all right here. 
the the Rangers were going to give up one, two, three, four players, including Mike Richter, twenty wow. million dollars. Twenty million. So a lot beefier Ranger deal. Um, they were going to give up Mike Richter. Wow. Who do they have? The other guys? Do, do you know? Yeah. Uh, the Flyers were going to give Mike Ricci, Rod right. the Bod Brendamore, Mark Recchi, who had 123 points in that following season with Lindros' rookie year, um, Steve Duchesne, Ron Hextall, Dominic Russell, and $15 million. Okay. So that so, was the original deal. That was the original deal. <clears throat> Went into five days of arbitration and... What ended up getting it back to Quebec was that initial phone call to Lindros. They wow. said, if this wasn't a legitimate deal, you wouldn't have called Lindros. Went back to Quebec. The deal was done. So do, do you have the other players that the Rangers were going to give up? Let's Rangers would give up. Sergei uh, Tony Amani. Okay. Alexi <laughs> Kovalev, James Patrick, and they were waffling between John Van Viesbrook and Mike Richter. Multiple first-round draft picks and $20 million. And $20 million. So $5 million extra. Um, man, I never knew. I, I never knew that 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 they were on the verge of getting Richter. And Richter is a a legend in, in New York Rangers circles. Um, you know, you know, before Lundqvist came along, he's kind of you know taken the mantle. But um, that's shocking to me. That is shocking. To me. So, hey. I, and at wow. the time, Quebec was so they were they were having money problems. They were hungry for Lindros. They wanted that star, and that's where the hatred came from when he made that decision that I'm not playing in Quebec. Yeah. That was that was the meal ticket for Quebec to stay. To keep that team in Quebec to have Lindros there, that would yeah. sell ticket. Oh my goodness. They they would have been and they would have been solid. Just imagine if that trade never happened. There would probably be still a Quebec team and and Lindros in a Rangers jersey. And and would because the Rangers won it in ninety two or ninety four. Yes. I know it was an even number two. It was either ninety two or ninety four. Regardless, it would have it would have been after this deal. Would they have even won a, a Stanley Cup if they had got rid of Richter? I know Van Beesbrook is a big piece of the puzzle, but Richter was the man. Would yeah. they have won a cup? Wow. Yeah, it, yeah and there was so many shocking things about this whole trade tree, even before it even happened, after it happened, and the ripple effects it had through the rest of the franchise in it's not to say that um, Philly ended up getting robbed because they did get Lindros. Sure. He was a great player. Yeah. They had the Legion of Doom line. Yeah, um, they were great. I mean, yeah, I, I and and he was, and he's you know Hall of Famer, and he's got uh, he had he had some incredible seasons, but <laughs> this the 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 Hall over. I mean, this went until what? When was the last real like move? Like two thousand six, two thousand seven. In that era, 
so I mean they got 15 years of of play out of this this one deal. That does not happen anymore. Yeah, if you if you just took it at Eric Lindros to Paul Stasny, yeah. That that is your <clears throat> that's your through line to see how deep it goes and there was still effects after Stasny that affected to where we are today. Yeah, yeah, because after he let, well, he he signed free. They didn't trade him, right? He signed free agent in St. Louis. Um, amazing. The 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 um, the Ray Bork thing. Oh. No clue, no clue. That shocked the hell out of me, and and the way that they present it, um. That was like the longest branch in this tree, starting with a with, with a first rounder. It wasn't even didn't even start with one of the players that they got. So it started with a first round pick in '94, and on and on it goes. And the very end, and when when if you haven't watched the video yet, I, I've been saying all along, absolutely go go back and watch it. But when he as he's describing, um, you know, a player that they got rid of and who they got, they're showing the graphics on on the video. And they show that the the line go down and it says to Boston four. And my eyes got wide open. I'm like, don't even tell me. And he and he says it. He goes, you know where I'm going with this. And the other guy that the guy, I don't remember who it was. Um, and and Ray, Ray Bork. And I was like, I literally my, my I was watching it on my phone. My wife was just watching something on television. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> She goes, what? I'm like, it, I'll explain it to you later. I'm just in too much shock right now. It's just to know. I mean, could could would the Avalanche have gotten Ray Bork in some fashion if they really wanted him to? Sure. There's other players on the team. They could have given a different package. But the fact that it it went back to, again, the, the Lindros deal is just like that was the the icing on the cake for me to be like this is this has got to be the greatest trade in terms of of franchise defining moments in the history of sports has to be absolutely absolutely and that that one branch that bork was the end of before that was lemieux right so your your two cups are sitting on that branch by itself Mm. Right. And I and when I saw Lemieux, even like you you see the 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 Lemieux part before it gets it's within the same branch, like you said. Uh Lemieux is before Bork. When I saw Lemieux, I was like, oh my god, that that's amazing. And then it keeps going another couple steps and they end up with Bork. And you're like, wow, man, like the Avalanche had some some smart brass uh back in the day. And and the thing that is maybe the the that tops all of this is you know who was watching this happen in real time Joe Sakic oh yeah and yeah. look what he pulled off when Matt Duchesne wanted out and at the time like when when he and, and I remember an article coming out saying he understood why Matt Duchesne wanted out they they were kind of in a rebuild mode he understood it and he told him, okay, like I get it, but I need you to be patient. Um, and it was more or less, I think, Joe Sackick knowing what he could get because of this. This had ramifications for what we 
well, saw a few years ago. So it's even taken taken existence into the avalanche today with Joe Sackick and how he materialized that deal with Matt Duchesne. So it's still paying dividends for the Colorado Avalanche today. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about utilizing that draft pick and getting the value out of what you got. Like even back at the Lindros trade, Pierre Lacroix could have got just been fine with a Lindros, Peter Forsberg one for one. I mean, sure. <clears throat> that's a one for one trade. But yeah, uh, now you look at it, it's a one for one trade. Peter sure. Forsberg was not on the radar. Right. But now it's a one for one trade, but you accumulate Waugh and Rob Blake, and you're getting these through also, you're getting the draft picks for the future years and trade pieces along the way. It's utilizing the lesser pieces, is things that we're doing now. Like, even a lesser extent with what we did with uh, Kerfoot and Barry getting Kadri. Like, right. The, the, how you utilize your talent and their worth and the pieces you get down the line and what you do with it, Joe Sackett picked up in his playing days and is using now to our advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking at the, the draft from that year and just assuming, you know, uh, because the Avalanche took Peter Forsberg, who was the Flyers pick that same year. I'm just looking at, did you say, you, you did say Alexei Kovalev was in the deal, right? For the Rangers? Yes. yes. Who was their pick for that year? So whoever those teams are, are picking, you're, you're swapping um, your first round pick for Lindros in addition to the King's Ransom. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wow. I mean, if you were to list the guy, like the, the big the big name players that, that are household names for Avalanche fans, so many of them come out of this this tree. Patrick Watt, yeah. Adam Deadmarsh, Paul Stasny, uh, Alex Tangay. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could even put Claude Lemieux in there and Bork. I know I'm missing. Um, Huey Croup. Huey Croup is is a yeah. Colorado Avalanche legend for what he did in the. Playoffs. We even got Keith Jones for a little bit. He's a podcaster <laughs> now, right? Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's insane. It's insane to 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 just you know list these guys and like I said, they're, they're household names within the Avalanche system. It's just it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's. These are pieces that, like, Quebec wasn't a terrible team when we came to Colorado. That's why they were, if they had Lindros, they would stay in Quebec. But these little pieces that we fit in built the dynasty when we moved. Mm. And it started us off, like, on fire. And we consistently stayed. In the regular season, we were a threat. Mm. Granted, most of the playoffs, we didn't end up winning the Stanley Cup. But with those pieces of that trade... We were a regular season powerhouse. Yeah, so true. And and I, I just, I got that Ranger thing on my mind now. And because of all the things that could have been different, Avalanche don't go after Patrick Wah if they got Mike Richter. No. You know what I mean? So do they do they even win a Stanley Cup? Sure. You know, you know Mike Richter is a fantastic goalie. He's on Patrick Wah's level. No, he's not there, but he's, he's 
he's maybe the next tier down. Um, and then, yeah, just going back to like, do, are the Rangers still seeking a, a, uh, a championship if they make that deal? Do they go after Patrick Waugh if they let go of Mike Richter back in the day? So many like, questions that we will never have the answers to, but amazing how it all falls we, in line. We would have never had Waugh be our coach. We would have never had the fallout of that. There you go. We like it, 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 it would, it would affect how we are today. Look at all the things that we would have missed. And, and it's insane how all of these pieces, all of them, and it's not one or two. There's like 30 of them on here that fall in line with all of the history. Now that we know in the Colorado avalanche, including the rivalry with the, with the red wings, like you said earlier, we don't, yeah, there would have been that. no red wing rivalry at all. We don't, we don't get the goalie fight. We don't get the goalie fight. If, if we, don't do this deal. So, I mean, yeah, like looking at the players is one thing that you you acquired the players and then looking at like specific things within that time frame, like the the Red Wings uh you know, uh, rivalry, specific things like like UE group winning the winning Stanley, you know, you look at the moments that the players in this massive deal uh have have given us yeah. don't happen they don't have yeah, if you go you look at that trade tree going backwards like it never happened that's massive massive black holes in the history that we would miss out on mm-hmm. in moments and who knows what we look like today we might have chris Kreider. <laughs> uh, yeah right right <laughs> oh my god and i i do I, the one and i said it in the show uh, I think it was yesterday when when we got to the Theo Fleury part. He's the one guy I wish they they yeah. could have hung on to, but he went and signed with the Rangers, I believe. Right? Didn't he go sign with the Rangers? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I th- yeah. So. After us. Yeah. Now you watched the they did do one on Matt Duchesne. Oh, they yes. did a video on Matt Duchesne. Um, not uh, nothing is as long as this one. Like most of the videos that they do for these are, like I said, like ten to fifteen minutes long. So, uh, how's that one? How's the, how's, how's the, uh, I mean, I know that one's still ongoing, but there's still it's a still lot be- there. Um, a f- favorite of locked on avalanche podcast, uh, Sammy G. Sammy hey. Gerard is on there. He is a part of the Matt Duchesne treed. That, that's our boy. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's about a 15 minute video because like you said, it's still ongoing to see, um, where this tree goes mm-hmm. the car is part of it but i mean that was that was that was a great tree as well i was it was, it was fantastic and kind of like my follow-up question to that is do you think when all is said and done maybe it takes 10 years do we have this you know eric lindros trade tree volume two with absolutely Absolutely. Especially if you look at how the team, if especially if this tree came out at a great time, if you draw the comparison between where the teams are at the two different times, it's, it's crazy. The parallels you could draw really. And I really see this reaping the same benefits as the Lindros tree. I, I I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, it, it might be another 10 years before we finally get, 
maybe even longer than that because you know the guys they got are so young because you know like Kale McCarr is so young um and and yeah you hope he plays for the avalanche for his the entirety of his career but we have no idea we have no idea same thing with uh with Sam Gerard he's so young like so many things can happen uh that came out of that deal so i think we will i think we're going to get another massive trade tree down the road and i think we're in the in the beginning of it, in the beginning stages of what that deal will do, we're going to be looking back like we're doing right now with this one. And we're going to be saying like, wow, so many defining moments uh, of the avalanche happened, you know, from the late 20 teens, early 20, 2020s because of it, because of that deal. And let's hope future general manager Gabe Landeskog takes notes of this. <laughs> <laughs> and in 30 years, great, we could do this again. <laughs> that is a great, great uh, observation. You, you think it'll be? You think Landeskog could could be? That's a good question. Who who has the most uh, probability of becoming a GM on on the team? Oh, it's it's they're going to have Landy be GM and Nate head coach for three years and get mad I, and quit. I think <laughs> I think I think Landis Scott could be or um McKinnon could be a coach. Absolutely. I really do. I really do. Who but they they have somebody that's on like who who is their representative? Isn't it like like Comfer? I thought JT Comfer has a big role in like this whole deal that's going on with with the NHLPA. Um it might be. I could be wrong on him, but but maybe it's not with the NHLPA, but he he has a role um where he he's kind of like a big deal um and i got i i think it's confer i'll have to go back and look at that but um, yeah, i want to say it's confer i think he is he not part of the hockey is for everyone inclusion board that each team has a representative um he is is that him? uh i think you're right i think that is what no is that is that him or is it wilson is it con i think it was con wilson who was the hockey is for everyone representative because he came out with those comments and people are are like about the tape, about the rainbow tape. Yeah. And I think, I think he's the, I I could be wrong on all this, but I think he is the, for the hockey is for everyone. I got to look it up and uh, JT Confer is for something else, but I don't know. Maybe Confer is smart. Maybe he's a smart guy and he might be in the upper deck. Looking down, we could we could fill up the we could fill up the front office. And the thing is, man, like they do, they keep it in house. The Avalanche keep things in house. So you literally look at the look at the roster because somebody on this team is going to be having a position of GM or head coach or head of something, guaranteed, because they that's what they do. I mean, Landy dresses the part anyway. He's GQ to the max, man. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. the only I, I argue with my buddy who's a huge Ranger fan all the time about who's the better, you know, Lunkfist or or Landeskog. And, you know, I obviously have to represent my man. Uh, <laughs> but Lunkfist is a, a very well dressed fellow, I will say that. But they're both Lundqvist Swedish. Is so on the, he's on the cover of the magazines that you get when you go to the doctor's office and or Gabe f- is on Instagram ads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, if that doesn't show you the uh, difference in age, I I don't know what will. So, um... don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. 
From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we we we'll get back to 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 finish this up. We'll get back to hockey on ice. August first, uh, Avalanche are taking part in the round robin round. How do you think they're going to do in that? What's uh, your prediction? It's all of. I, I, we'll get a good idea once we can kind of get an idea off training camp. I'm really anxious to see who took this break. Um, seriously, with the mindset that we're coming back, or the ones that just kind of gave up and said, mm-hmm. "Oh, we'll get them next year." <laughs> Physical fitness is going to be the key. Mm-hmm. If you can come out with your legs, then there's a game already in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it's it, all it's, about who can take it seriously. It's a crapshoot. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can you can say the Avalanche struggled against Dallas Stars in the season. It doesn't mean jack squat right now <laughs> no. doesn't mean a thing and and you know i'm paying attention to colorado obviously you are paying attention to colorado and in terms of them just being out on the ice which is is what it is i'm not paying attention to to see what teams like vegas are doing and what dallas is doing so i'm assuming those guys are doing what they have to do as well um but it it it's you are you are going <laughs> there's no preseason you are going from a week of practice into a freaking playoff game. Have fun. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. It's all about it's all about youth and skill and if and getting out there and going with it. And who can actually make the trip? And who will yeah. make the trip? Yeah. That's going to yep. be it's going to there's a lot of key uh, factors that are going on and it's a very unpredictable playoffs. I mean, we saw what Columbus did to Tampa Bay last year. The playoffs are always unpredictable. Yeah. This year Throw a dart. There's your cup champion. Right, right. We'll see. Uh, it, it, this this will be one that we will remember for a very, very long time. And I'm not just talking about the Avalanche. They, obviously, we want them to go as far as possible in raising a cup. But, you know, regardless, whoever finishes this thing off as a champion, this entire season, postseason, is going to be remembered for a very, very, very long time. So Absolutely. It, it'll be interesting. So, all right, man. Uh, as always, absolutely love when you come on the show. So, um, you will, if we get hockey back, when we get hockey back, I, like I said, I, I plan on having pe- people on probably you most of the time, uh, after games are over and we can kind of break them down. So, oh, uh, let's be, on bring the lookout, it. be on the lookout for my man Kyle here. So, I appreciate it, sir. And, Anytime. uh, you want to, 
shout out your your awesome uh, Twitter handle, which is I love so much. Yeah, uh, follow me, Shaggy Von Doom. Um, check out uh, work with Mile High Sticking. Yes, uh, really good. Why not us series? Awesome series. So. Really good series. Definitely check that yeah. out. So, all right, man. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll be back right after this. All right, so there you have it. Kyle Sullivan, once again, coming on the show. And as always, very grateful that he's always willing to come on and talk hockey. He loves Avalanche as much as anybody I know, so he's always ready and willing to talk about some Colorado Avalanche hockey, especially something like this that has benefited them forever. So we are going to wrap it up here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much if you have been listening to these past three episodes this week kind of revisiting this and breaking it down and maybe going down memory lane. And maybe this is a reason why so many people became an avalanche fan. You know, the two Stanley cups helped. You get a lot of fans when you can win. Uh, And the avalanche won mainly because they had a good team and some of the incredible deals they made. Thanks to what we have talked about here this entire week. So Maybe we'll do the Matt Duchesne one down the road sometime, but I need a breather right now after doing that one because that was exhausting, but good (laughs) in a good way. So that's going to be it for today and this week. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again to Kyle. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to some hockey news. We touched on it, obviously. Kyle and I did about hockey starting back up. Even though it's a few weeks away, it's right around the corner. So hopefully we can get to pucks dropping. So we'll talk about that stuff next week and anything else new that might be happening around the league. If you want to hear stuff just unrelated to the Avalanche and related to hockey in general, definitely check out Locked On NHL. Uh, They just cover it all league-wide. It's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you next week. Here is Jovi. Go, Abs, go! Go!